If today were a science fiction movie, you'd be shaking your head at the news. Today, Huxley reads like a prophecy. Orwell's saying, I told you so's from the grave. And the ghost of Ayn Rand weeps in the dark. None of it makes any sense. Well, the people have had it. Now, before you reach for revolution, take a deep breath and put in a few moments identifying fact from science fiction. And for that clarity, you need the truth. You need TNN, the Truth News Network. And Dan Newman. I'll start the show just asking you a simple question. What the hey is going on in Washington, D.C.? Just when I think I've got my arms around it and I say, you know, here's why they're doing this and here's why they're not doing this, I can't get there. I puzzle every day trying to figure out what the end game is. What are they trying to do? Who are they battling against if they're battling at all? And on the other side of whatever this is, what's going to happen there? What's happening to the greatest nation in world history, the United States of America? I should say formally greatest nation on the earth. I think we're not at the top of the heap any longer. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to a brand new week. Welcome to Monday morning at TNN Live. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Our weekends are kind of put in categories. Marianne and I have three grown children. We have six grandchildren. And our grandchildren all live in a a very close proximity to us. We're blessed in that. We're together with them a lot. So we were involved in family events this weekend. And I'm so thankful for family. But more so this weekend, I'm thankful because family events took my attention off the insanity, at least for a little while, of everything happening in D.C. But listen, here's a piece of wisdom and instruction for you. Don't let the circumstances control you, whatever the circumstances are that you find yourself mired in. You know why? Because they're going to change. They change every day. You may have some leftovers, and I think we all do. Everything doesn't go perfectly for any of us on any day, on any week and month and year. So how do we process that? Well, we process it so that it fits in best with the circumstances of our life that don't change. Things like where you live, where you work. Those kind of things. Who's in your family? There may be some tweaking going on there from time to time, but follow and stay in close contact with those uh, keystones in your life. Keystones, things that are always there. They're part of the structure, the foundation for who you are and for everything you do. And when you're just blown away by circumstances, things that come up every day you don't expect, We all have those. Don't panic. Just find a way to get back to one of those keystones, the corners of the foundation in your life, and just start at least thinking through how you got from there to where you are today and just analyze the process. And when something ugly comes up and just bites you in the butt, you're not expecting it, but you're going to have to deal with it, guess what? Just deal with it. I've said this before, my old Sunday school teacher, my senior year in high school, it was a a boys 
high school Sunday school class. So the, the uh, Sunday school teacher was an older guy, and he had been through a lot of life, far more than we had as 17-year-olds, 16- and 17-year-old boys. And he said, when you're tempted to just let circumstances destroy you, ask and answer this question. What difference is it going to make in 100 years from now? It being the bad thing that was happening or the problem, the dilemma, the lack of understanding, getting hurt, all those kind of things rolled into whatever it looks like. What difference is that specific thing going to make in 100 years? And the gist of it all is life is not eternal, but the only part of our life we can handle today is the fact that we're alive, we're living, we're breathing, and we have things that pop up that we must deal with. So just deal with them. Do the best you can with what you have to go after them with. If you don't have resources, first off, pray. Pray for whatever the resources are necessary for you to push through this if you don't already have them. And then if you have them, don't fret and get upset and be prone to panic when something else pops up. It's all part of life. We're going to be fine on the other side of whatever it is. And yeah, when we look at Washington, D.C., when we look at those in office today, look at our standing around the world, look at our wallets Look at the gas pump when we pull up beside them at the grocery store before we go in and then look at the groceries and the prices for everything. What difference is it going to make 100 years from now? Just go with it. If there are things there that need to be changed and that change is in your purview, well, heck, change them. Let's get on down the road. We're going to be okay. And so you can tap your foot sing a little song and help us get going this Monday. How about?
what you're thinking. <laughs> Go back to a song like that. If you can't think of anything else, find a song that you resonate with and it resonates with you and one that makes you think happy thoughts and just stay there. If you choose to stay down in the doldrums and in the dump, if you stay there too long, it'll get you. Don't let it get you. And don't get upset looking ahead and saying, oh my gosh, another week at work. Another week where kids are going back to school, kids are saying, many kids are saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to school. Don't worry about that, moms and dads. Make them go to school. Kids go to school. Kids like to get out of going to school. That never changes. So just make sure they go to school. A lot of things happening while we were away for the weekend. Joe Rogan, you know who Joe Rogan is. Everybody knows Joe Rogan. Happens to be the number one podcaster on the planet Earth. Now, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, people listening to streaming content is a really big deal because streaming content and grabbing a hold of it and watching or listening to it, it's not like just taking a television remote and click, click, and you're there. You got to go online, then you got to put in the search bar on some kind of search option engine like Google or um, duck, duck, go, any of those. And then you have to type in, in this case, Joe Rogan's, you got to type in the name of his show and it pops up and then you click on it to get it going. So it, it, it's kind of a big deal. And a lot of people, believe it or not, don't watch or listen to online events and people because of that little bit of extra trouble. But I don't think it's happening that way too much for Joe Rogan. He only has 11 million viewers a day on his YouTube video, Joe Rogan. So he is not a conservative, but he is an across-the-board solid thinker. And he doesn't play politics. When he looks at something going on around him, he's going to comment truthfully. He's going to tell you what his thoughts are. Sometimes I disagree with him. I don't watch Joe Rogan a lot, but you can book it every time he says something controversial it pops up and we look at it and think about and ponder and sometimes we bring those to you which is what we're doing right now he weighed in on friday on the banana republic indictments against donald trump and he didn't just stop there he went nuts about the refusal of mainstream media to hold president biden accountable for his corruption and his history of Brazen Lies. Name of his show, in case you want to look at it, is The Joe Rogan Experience, and Rogan spelled R-O-G-A-N. He discussed current political systems on Friday and the disparity between how the two probable opponents in the presidential election next year are treated. He blasted Biden and the Biden press in one of his extended interviews with a guest fellow podcaster and author Patrick Bet David. Joe Biden's been a goof his whole career. He's always been a goof. He's been caught lying so many times. He's so full of SHIT, Rogan said. There's so much evidence that he is corrupt. Just undeniable evidence of corruption. And the stuff with him and his son, and then the guy who just testified that was business partners with Hunter, he's talking about Devin Archer. He talked about all the things Archer. 
He talked about all the different things that Joe was involved with. It's undeniable, he said, and the fact that they, the mainstream news, is ignoring this, except for far-right media, it's crazy. In that show Friday, Rogan also talked about the latest indictment against Donald Trump, who has been hit with trumped-up charges concocted by special counsel Jack Smith for Trump's alleged role in the so-called insurrection on January 6, 2021, putting his fate in the hands of a left-wing federal judge appointed by Barack Obama and a D.C. jury that was selected from an area where the populace overwhelmingly hates Trump and does so with the purple passion. There's no pontification in that process, do you think? There's no politicization. There's no weaponization of the Department of Justice. I mean, those are all just happenstances. Jack Smith, well, you know, he's got Trump, the big one, the first one, Mar-a-Lago stuff. He's got that in a court down in Miami. We can't let this next one, the big banana, we can't get that out of D.C. because we'll probably never get him indicted in anywhere else in the United States other than Washington, D.C. Rogan said the people that love Trump, they feel like this is a witch hunt. They feel like all the things he's getting indicted for that are BS anyway. Not only does it not work, but it kind of hardens their position that he's being targeted. And that is, these are like the actions of a banana republic. You take your political rival and you arrest him. And specifically, you charge him with things that you're guilty of, like the documents, like the classified documents. Biden's guilty of the exact same issue, Rogan pointed out. Now, let me say this. Biden's guilty of it being even more egregious than are the Mar-a-Lago documents, classified documents case against Donald Trump. Why is that? Trump is protected in many ways by the presidential classified document law. Presidential. You got that word? Presidential. For anybody else, there is no single exception for having in their possession classified documents. Joe Biden's classified document trove of 1,800 boxes of them that were found in large part in the Penn Center think tank that Biden had there in the office next to the Chinese Communist Party, who has an office at Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania. That's just an accident, though. Vice presidents can have classified documents, period. Some of those classified documents that are Biden's, they are all the way from way back when he was a U.S. senator. 1,800 boxes. Of course, they immediately appointed a special counsel to go into the Mar-a-Lago case down there in Florida against Donald Trump. And to make, make it fair, they appointed a special counsel to go into the Biden stuff. Well, what's the latest on the Biden classified document special counsel investigation? There is no latest. There's no information. How could that possibly be? So Rogan's co-presenter on Friday, Bet David, added, you've got to respect the level of deceptiveness that's being used. I mean, look at what Hillary did going and saying, hey, it's Russia. But it was really what she was doing. 
another using a similar play as well. He'd get my vote. He'd get my vote before Biden, Joe Rogan also said of Trump, if the choice was between the former president and Joe Biden. So, you know, every once in a while, somebody points out a little truthism, something to give people like you and me pause to contemplate. Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want us here, and therefore you, from listening to us, I don't want us to just spend every day beating Joe Biden over the head for his corruption. You know why? Everybody knows he does it. Everybody knows he's done it. Everybody knows Hillary Clinton did it. If you put in the context of what Donald Trump is facing prosecution for right now, put Hillary Clinton in the same context. Think about that. She destroyed servers, cell phones. When I say destroy, they beat them to pieces. She deleted 39,000 classified emails that were under subpoena at the time she deleted them from an illegal server that was at her house. And it was a server. Now, remember, she was Secretary of State for Barack Obama. They coordinated, they being Barack Obama and his Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, over that secret server that was not classified. It was unclassified. It was never protected by the federal government, as the law says must be. And the President of the United States was sending emails through a secret Gmail email account that he had. Nobody knew he had it, except people like, you know, Hillary Clinton. And Hillary was responding. The President of the United States and the Secretary of State were going back and forth discussing very secretive and every one of them classified. Everything they discussed was classified. Why? Everything a president, whoever the president is, is classified. Everything that president writes is classified. But you know what? She wasn't through there. She paid for the classified, <laughs> classified, yeah, all right, the steel dossier, which was a fake, planned, planted document to simply get rid of Donald Trump. And everybody in the Obama Department of Justice, they swallowed it hook, line, and sinker from top to bottom. Hillary didn't even get a warning for doing that. She was never president, just as Joe Biden's 1,800 boxes of classified documents. There's no legal protection for him having those. Those 39,000 emails that were classified that Hillary Clinton deleted All of that action from both of them are federal crimes. What happens? Nothing. Do you think we're going down a road in which the government controls everything? Have you heard of late anybody point a finger at former President Trump and use the A word? I'm not talking about the curse word. I'm talking about authoritarian and authoritarianism. They say it every day. 
the news media, the in the tank leftist news media every day accuse him of trying to destroy our democracy and he's an authoritarian wanting authoritarian rule. Do you know the definition of authoritarian? They know what it is and they know Donald Trump doesn't even come close to that. In fact, the president in the White House today comes way, 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 way closer to being an authoritarian than does Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is a democracy guy. He believes in the rule of law and the government belongs to the people. Joe Biden doesn't think that and Joe Biden doesn't act like that. He acts like a king. He doesn't take into account anything the Constitution says about requirements for every elected person that's in the federal government, how they operate, what departments can do, what they are supposed to do, and what they can't do. He erased those lines even before he took office. In fact, he erased them when he was vice president with Barack Obama for eight years. That's when Joe got wealthy. Barack Obama at least had to know every bit of the financial wrongdoing on the part of his then vice president, Joe Biden. Nobody talks about that. How could the vice president of the United States get so wealthy in so short a time with a government job? Yeah, if in, in, in you lay it up against other federal jobs, vice president, Pretty darn heavyweight job, don't you think? And there, it comes with a nice salary, but nowhere near enough money in that salary as a Senate and then vice president for eight years to buy four multi-million dollar mansions, which Joe has. All these questions remain questions, and nobody on the left will touch them Nobody wants to talk about them. They've got to keep the heat on the other side. They've got to have the American people thinking only about Donald Trump, orange man, evil guy, evil guy, authoritarian, dictator, king wannabe. They don't believe you or I have the ability nor the right to just be Americans and just to expect our government to recognize all the rights we have that didn't come from them, didn't come from any government. Our forefathers made it clear. Our rights came to us from God. We gave with the Constitution that our representatives signed, we gave limited power to the government, but it's supposed to be always government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Not so much anymore. Not so much at all. Former Attorney General Barr, he came out this weekend, and he called out these two standards from the Biden Justice Department. And he pointed out very aggressively the approach with the latest Trump indictment and its lenient handling of the Hunter Biden probe. Barr, by the way, is not a in-the-tank Donald Trump guy. In fact, Donald Trump fired him. He had been critical, Barr, 
of his former boss since leaving office in the final weeks of the Trump administration. He was vocal in defending the January 6th adjacent charges from the onslaught of attacks by critics who allege it's an abuse of power or weaponization by the DOJ, calling these complaints overkill. He said this, this is Barr, former attorney general. I think there's a legitimate case from a legal standpoint responding to a very grave misconduct. He's talking to Martha McCallum, Fox News yesterday, before calling into question the wisdom of the decision. Barr said, however, all cases are under the discretion of the attorney general as to whether to bring them, not in question of unfairness to Trump, but in the interest of the public interest and public considerations. And I think there are some considerations here that I would have seriously considered not bringing the case at all. One of them, the former AG said, one of them is the divisiveness of the case compared to what will be achieved from it, especially in light of the handling of the Hunter Biden case, which crystallizes this very deep-seated feeling that there are two standards of justice. And here you are being aggressive against President Trump. I'm not saying that it's improper to bring the case, but I'm saying it's an aggressive move versus, I think, very lenient treatment of Hunter Biden. Then he said, I think that it is very divisive in the country, and I would have taken that into account. Now, Barr then warned that crossing the Rubicon into criminally going after a former president is a really big deal, saying he's worried this can become a slippery slope for more and more use of the criminal justice process in our political system. I do think that while this is not interference in the election, I don't agree with that critique, but as a practical matter, it is going to divert the attention and distract people from the election. And I'm afraid we're going to spend the next year and a half, you know, as if we're entombed in a set of reruns of the Perry Mason show versus debating the serious issues that confront the country. And he wrapped it up, Barr did, by saying, so those are practical reasons why I think it would have been wise maybe not to proceed with it. But I don't like, you know, all of these overkill attacks, that this was somehow reprehensible to bring it. What was reprehensible is the conduct after the election. An attorney general cannot walk away from this and say, well, that's being handled by this person and that's being handled by a former Trump person. These ultimately are his decisions. He has to own the decisions. And if you have not heard, Barr definitely thinks Trump stepped over the line regarding January 6th events. And he, over the weekend, on Martha McCallum's show on Fox News, he actually made it abundantly clear if he is asked to testify on the J6 stuff, he will be glad to do so. Whether or not you like Bill Barr, he's a straight shooter. He may not, you may not agree with everything he says or does. You have that right. You have the First Amendment right to have your opinion, as does he. And he's a private citizen now. He's not in government. So, 
There's a lot of things that are bubbling just below the surface. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, there's a bunch of stuff coming out about Fox News. Ooh. Fox News, the bastion heretofore of conservative online cable network news. There may be trouble in China. That's, of course, an old saying. There may be trouble in Fox News. That's just ahead. Hi, guys. This is the Chevy Silverado with the world's first invisible trailer. Invisible trailer? And it's not the trailer right next to us? This guy? You don't believe me? Hop in. Good-looking pickup, I will say that. Oh, wow. Silverado offers an optional technology package with up to 15 different views, including one enhanced view that makes your trailer appear invisible. Wow. That's pretty That's sweet. That's cool. Oh. That's awesome. Where's the trailer, though? <laughs> I love it. It's magic. <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends. I mean, <laughs> You pick your champions. They're glorious. And their shields, oh, they glisten like... Uh, wet otters but the bad guys they're lovecraftian they're spooky they're um um big and then you go to battle and it's like and finally your foe is vanquished and that satisfaction such a primal feeling Ooh! download raid shadow legends play for free this is the sound of regular water droplets this is the sound of vitamin water droplets regular water vitamin water Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Deal with the experts. Scaffolding rental and setup. Installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Fall protection. Ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders. Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Delivery everywhere, every day. American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher. CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN. An alphabet soup of lies, myths, and disinformation. For real nutrition, you need a full plate of truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Let me ask you a question. Whenever you sit down at some point in your day, maybe it's in the evening, maybe it's in the morning when you get up and you're getting ready to get the kids off to school, do you ever just turn the news on and take a listen? And if you're a conservative, and I'm, I'm sure many of you listening today are conservatives, if you're a conservative, pretty much most of us at some point in our day, if we're going to watch news, we at least go to Fox News for maybe updates. That is really the only big, big, and I mean full version of a news agency where they have people all over the world that are reporters and they have access to pretty much every bit of political and business information that's out there. You cannot ignore Fox News as being there. And for years, they have been the go-to conservative cable news network. And there is no broadcast conservative news network, period. So pretty much that puts Fox right up at the top of the heap. Well, things are changing at Fox News, and there are a lot of reasons for it. But over the weekend, 
Um, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly was a nighttime talk show host for a number of years at Fox News. And Dan Bongino was there for many, many years. And both of them in the last three or four years have been given the boot along with Tucker Carlson recently. So does that say something about what's going on at Fox News? Does that say something about the conditions and the opinions and what's going on in management at Fox News? Just so happens Megyn Kelly got together with uh, Bongino and they discussed maybe there's something big up going on at Fox News. Tucker's gone. Welcome to Doug in Exile. Let's hang out in exile together as we watch Fox News fall into ruin. Well, there's news of hosts are texting the recently fired people like Tucker Carlson, Dan Bongino, Megan Kelly, and asking them, hey, are there any opportunities out there for me? There are a lot of questions over there now about what Fox is doing, because they also cut ties with people like Laura Trump. And um, a lot of people wondering whether Fox is doing this intentionally without owning the fact that they're trying to cleanse themselves of people who were openly supportive of Trump or MAGA world or, you know, the the new MAGA Republican Party that they're trying to get back to their, quote, establishment roots. You know, it used to be Fox canceled you, the host, and now it's the host is ready to cancel Fox. Here's an article I found at Microsoft. More Fox News anchors headed out the door after the firing of top host Tucker Carlson. It says it appears that Carlson may be attracting Fox News talent to leave the network and join his new venture at Twitter. An investigative report from Variety magazine found that more than one Fox News talent has reached out to Carlson since he announced he was bringing his show to Twitter and informed him that when their contracts are done, they're interested in being a part of what he is doing. That's not the first place I found it. Watch this interview with Megyn Kelly and Dan Bongino. I think there are a lot of people, not just at Fox, but in the media in general, who really don't understand new media. And I use you for an example. I actually used you on my show. It was about two weeks ago or so. I did a whole segment on your show because um, <laughs> I didn't want to make the story about me. And I said, you know, it's bizarre. They're writing, uh, oh, nobody can survive outside of Fox. They said, look at Megyn Kelly, who hasn't done much since. And I shook my head. I'm like, what a bunch of morons. Do they not understand? See, I understand the podcast space and I watch yeah. our rankings because I'm super competitive about everything. I know the audience you have. I can reasonably guess it. It's enormous. That, that Forget even social or anything like that. I'm just talking about strict downloads and watches, right? So I'm reading these articles about how Glenn Beck, oh, man, it's over for Glenn. Bill O'Reilly finished. Megan hasn't done anything. That Dan Bongino and Tucker, they're going to be finished. And I'm thinking, these people really don't get it. And I, I, I'm talking about media in general, but... I'm not sure some people at, at Fox really understand that. Tucker thing, I think, obviously was an enormous catastrophic mistake. I have friends over there still. I enjoyed my time. I love them to death. And I'm not telling you anything I haven't told them. I just don't think they understand that a lot of people in cable news, Megan, are fighting yesterday's war. They beat CNN and it's over. That fight has been number one for 20 years. They're not the problem now. You're the problem. Podcasts, mm-hmm. Rumble, YouTube, Twitter with Elon, 
That's the problem. The space has been totally disaggregated right now. People can go put Megyn Kelly in a search engine and watch your show a thousand different ways. They can watch clips on Twitter. People spread it around. And I did this whole thing on my show, and I did a simple internet search of Megyn Kelly. I'm like, wow, totally irrelevant. They only wrote about her 10 times today. I'm like, what, <laughs> what kind of idiot thinks? Right? And again, you're in my time slot. So I didn't care. I really love the whole parallel media system. And I don't give a damn. I want to see you succeed and everyone else. But I just think, number one, it was a huge mistake because they may say to themselves, with Tucker at least, getting back to that specific thing, oh, you know, no sweat, don't worry about it. You know, where's he going to go? Well, the answer is it doesn't matter. Wherever he goes, people are just going to go find him like yeah. they find you on Sirius, the Internet, Rumble. It doesn't matter. The whole system's been broken apart. See, they're talking about the old school Fox system is broken. It's been blown apart. It's done. They think they're the Fox News of 10 years ago, and they're not. They're on the way down. They're not on the way up anymore in terms of audience share and popularity, and they no longer have a monopoly for all the reasons you just stated. So some humility would serve them well right now in understanding their audience is their business. That is their entire business. You you thumb the middle finger at those people, your business is over. They're your bosses. And to not even show them the courtesy of an explanation on their favorite host is absolutely disrespectful. And the audience is punishing them. It's punishing the whole prime time right now. And I think they're going to continue punishing the eight. They're, they're now reportedly moving Hannity to eight, and they're going to put Jesse at nine, and they're going to put Gutfeld at 10. Laura moves to seven, according to the Drudge Report. I don't think that's smart right now because- uh, they, the audience likes Sean. He's been there for years. I know he's a good friend of yours. Um, and I, I like Sean too, but they're they're punishing Fox. So don't take one right. of your biggest stars and line him up for punches in the face because he's going to get it too. He is going to get it next. I, I was not targeted. My show, they were dying to re-up for the, we negotiated for an entire year. Um, so that I can't tell you like, oh, Fox got rid of me because they didn't. That's not, the liberal, you know, jerkwads are going to, oh, Dan Bongino was fired. I just give them the middle finger. It's just stupid. They're just making it up. I was there. I negotiate my own deals. I don't have an agent. But with the Tucker thing happening, a couple of people, you know, people call you and stuff. And I was definitely, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't want to put lipstick on this thing, but I'm not the easiest guy to deal with, Megan. I'm like a major PETA pain in the, you know, you can figure out. <laughs> the, I, I just am because I've got my own stuff. I've got my own investments. I've got Rumble. I've got my podcast, my radio show. And the thing I think your success out there on your own has bought you is freedom. Money buys freedom. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's true. I know you're not in this strictly for the cheese, but let's be honest. You know, it buys you freedom. And I was in a position with them where I could walk away from a show on Fox and say, I'm sorry, that's not my vision. See there, uh, Dan Bongino, they're still in contact with their old Fox News hosts. And what kind of conversations are they having? They're having conversations like, how do I get off this sinking ship? You and I both know, Dan, the truth is 95% of the people who are on those cable news lineups right now would do anything to be in your slot or my slot right now. That They want what we have. They want to get out of the thumb um, from underneath the thumb of these big corporate cable giants who dictate what they can say, who they, most of them know the vast majority are platform players. They don't think that they could make it out here without the support of the Fox News digital platform and the, you know, the, the cable channel and so on. 
So it's not available to everybody, but even many of the stars over there will text me and say, like, I'm so envious because you can do it on your own terms. You are so spot on to your audience. Megan's not lying. I get these texts and phone calls all the time from people from other networks, too. And they say yep. the exact same thing. How do I do that? Do what? Get out on your own, establish a rumble, a YouTube, whatever you want to do. Go out there and do your own show that you run, that you sell, that you have maybe a sales agent with at best, but you are in the editor, editor-in-chief of your own show. You run your own business. And very few people would trade the other way. I wanted you to hear those two get together because both of them left Fox and it wasn't under good circumstances. Um, but what I wanted you to hear were the thoughts of those people. And the guy that you heard in between them, he's the guy that presented this story on YouTube. It's titled, You've Been Canceled. Um, I wanted you to hear that because of something I'm going to say now, that every once in a while I give you a truthism, and it's something you can hang your hat on, and I want you to hang your hat on it, not because I want you to holler when I say hook, line, and sinker, but I want you to hang it up somewhere and keep it in your memory because down the road it's going to come back and I want you to be able to think back to today's show and say, this is what Dan told us. It's like in the 2015, even before Donald Trump and Melania came down the escalator in Trump Tower, they hadn't announced yet. Before that, I predicted, and I predicted in writing, that if Donald Trump joins the 2016 presidential campaign, if he declares for the presidency and he runs, he will be the next president of the United States. Did I have inside information? No. We're humans. We have the God-given ability to look at circumstances, look at facts, look at evidence, dispel the lies that are everywhere in mainstream media, and just come up with the consensus that we believe is the summation, and that we call the truth. That's the way it was in 2016. I'm going to make another kind of pointed, it's really not a, um, a prediction, a specific time thing, but news as we know it is changing, and by the time we get through the 2024 election cycle, on the backside of that, we're going to see major, major changes in the way Americans are digesting, getting and digesting the news that they need with which to make their own choices. Now, I mean, look at where we are now in television and look at where we were 25, 30 years ago. We had three networks. News is where you got it from three different places. That was ABC, CBS, and NBC. I remember when CNN started. A guy named Earl Casey from Monroe, Louisiana, from a local television station there. He was their first evening news host. I knew him. And they were straight shooters. But then Ted Turner got in the middle of the programming and his far-left consensus on pretty much everything filtered down. And the, when you start dickering with the content of news stories and the way they're presented, things are going to change because you're putting personal opinion out there and you're calling it facts. It should be the other way around. You 
me, especially news people, we shouldn't call what we think facts first before the news. We're supposed to give people the news and let people determine on their own if what we're giving them is factual. And Trump is at that point, not Trump, I'm sorry, Fox is at that point right now. They're in the balance right now with the American people, conservatives. You can't diminish the feelings and the census of 75 million voters. You can't just throw that to the side. If you are committed to doing that, throwing that to the side, and that's not the number one reason why you function, you need to get out of the business you're in. I don't care if it's news. I don't care if it's media at all. If it's driving transport trucks. If you're not providing to the consumer that takes what you do and you make money from it, if you're not giving them what they want and need, they're going to move on. That's what's happening in cable news right now. Fox, even though they... They've lost Tucker. They lost Bongino. And you can talk and we could discuss all day long the real reasons, hypothetically. I have my opinions. Bongino has his. Megan has hers. You have yours. What matters is not what our opinions are. What matters is what happens. What happens Is there somebody else out there waiting in the wings to replace Fox News? If there is and they want to be successful, they better have a pocket full of money because it is very expensive to do the job like Fox News has done. Fox News, their setup, their structure is better than any other American news operation. Even the big three, ABC, CBS, and NBC. Well, how could they get to that kind of level? Well, guess what they went and did. You don't have to invent everything. You go find whoever invented the successful things in the first place, and you bring them aboard. That includes on-air talent, but there are far more people behind the scenes than there are that we see that are at least as critical, if not more critical, than the talent that we see on television. And we hear on the radio. I bet you didn't think you were going to hear anything like this today here at TNN Live. More and more and more news content is being swallowed now than ever before online. Now, if you don't understand that, let me draw a comparison for you. Did you ever think about 15 years ago buying more of your retail items online than from walking into a store today? How many Amazon packages have come to your front door in the last year? And Amazon's just one of them. Why is Amazon so big? Why is Walmart so big? Why has Fox News been so big? Because they provide goods and services in the best way and the best cost, the best lack of difficulty for the consumers to get those things 
from those places. That's what capitalism does. And if you take capitalism away, everything gets worse. No question about it. And you don't have to believe me. Grab a history book, or even better, when the show's over, don't do it right now, but at the end of the show, go to Google. Go to Google and do a search history of democratic countries that turn from democracy and go to socialist-style government. There are dozens of examples. In fact, there's not a single country on the planet today that did that that is still <laughs> is still here. They're all gone. They fall apart. You don't suppress people's ideas, thoughts, and you don't suppress their liberties and freedoms in the United States of America and walk away from it scot-free. It isn't going to happen. Americans love the idea of capitalism. We're going to do a story if we have time a little bit later coming up in the second hour, and it's what people are thinking now about what's going on around them and who they are and how are the faces changing even today. And in the context of that story, I'll just give you a little hint now. It's talking about voters. The face of American voters is changing. So let's move on. I don't want to get bogged down there, but I thought that was an important thing for you to hear and to give you the observation. Does that mean TNN Live is going to go somewhere? No. I've had inquiries from different people, from different forums, and we've talked a couple of times. But the reason this show is structured the way it is is because I answer to nobody. The website, www.truthnewsnet.org, is mine. The show, TNN Live, is mine. The media outlet that takes the show, and you're listening because this media outlet takes the show and puts it in a satellite format, and it's bounced around the globe. Do you know that there are only two countries on the planet that can't get TNN Live live? And both of those countries, if their leadership wanted them to get this show, every country on the planet would be able to get it. China and Russia don't allow the content of this show to be broadcast in their nations. Now, I haven't looked at the latest updated list. I'll look at it every six months or so. I talked to you when Russia, when they their people, when uh, Putin put it down, um, It was the day before he invaded Ukraine. We had a big group of people that listened every day from Russia, across Russia. When I say a big group, hundreds of people. China, we had a bunch of people across China. Now we can look at the map, the IP addresses of phones and computers around the world. I can look right now live, look at the countries and the cities where people are listening live. It doesn't have who they are or addresses or anything. We have today no China people, nobody from China, nobody from Russia that's listening to this show. But think about the ability of being able to reach that big an audience every day by sitting in a studio in Shreveport, Louisiana, 
logging in to broadcast, not broadcast supply, our company up in Seattle. This show, via internet, Northwest Louisiana, it streams to our server, regional server here. It bounces to Dallas. Dallas bounces it to Seattle. And from Seattle, it beams out to 192 different countries live. Technology's amazing, isn't it? Well, you by now know the name, and it's branded on your forehead, Jack Smith. Jack Smith, he's the um, bulldog that Attorney General Merrick Garland sicked on Donald Trump, and he's out there to destroy Donald Trump, period. Now, you know this, all these indictments that are coming out now, how many of them, four different events that have multiple charges within each one of them, they came out of Washington, D.C. There's a purpose for that. You know what it is. Washington, D.C. is very, very, very Democrat Party pro, hates Donald Trump, and the judge in this case, appointed by Barack Obama, she hates conservatism, and she hates conservatives. She used to work at the same law firm that Hunter Biden's in. That's the judge. <laughs> but we learn of other, a lot of other things, a lot of other things, and a lot about people, including Jack Smith. Yep, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith. He's probably in the doghouse over what you'll hear about next. Our next Starbucks customer is Ron. Hello. Strictly espresso, in and out, except during the Christmas season. Uh, I have a list. When he turns into uh, Santa. A venti, iced white mocha, triple shot. He's getting stickers for the new Starbucks Philippines uh, planner. Grande toffee nut latte. It's made by Moleskine? Wow, right? Venti green tea cream frappuccino. Hey, uh, you got all the stickers. No, no, it's for my wife. I, I understand. The 2016 Starbucks Philippines Planner by Moleskine. Promo runs November 2 to January 7, 2016. For DTI FTEB SBD permit number 10616, series of 2015. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks. Just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are Sunmate's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmate's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, the fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car, but... When something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely, no. That's why I have CarShield, and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. CarShield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit carshield.com. Use the promo code iHeart to save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code iHeart. Deductible may apply. 
that's a calm song. Just my imagination by the temptations. I like songs like that. Anyway, peaceful. This Monday morning, we need all the peace we can get. Well, Jack Smith has reached out to a former top New York City prosecutor. And let me tell you the history there. This guy's name is David Rody, R-O-D-Y. Now, he ditched his role. Now, listen to where, what, he, where, what he did to get this gig with Jack Smith, Rody. Rody ditched his role. He was a partner at Sidley Austin. Sidley Austin is probably the largest American multinational law firm there is. And he ditched it a few months ago. And he went to work at the Department of Justice as a senior counsel in the criminal division. Okay, so at a law firm, by the way, he wasn't just a lawyer at Sidley Austin. He was a partner at Sidley Office, Austin, which means millions of dollars. He quit, and he went to work at the Department of Justice. How could that possibly be? Whenever there's any question, what are we supposed to do? Follow the money. Follow the money. Of course, an attorney, even a criminal prosecutor at the Department of Justice, U.S. job, doesn't make millions of dollars. So Rody ditched his role as that partner and rejoined the Department of Justice. He's a senior counsel in the criminal division. He is a former DOJ prosecutor. ABC News reported he left that high-paying private job to work as an advisor, just an advisor, on the widening Trump-related probes. The examiner, examiner notes that Rody gave $5,600 to Biden's 2020 campaign, about $7,000 to other Democrat causes in the last election cycle. And this news comes after a report that U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, she's the judge that's over this all this stuff going on against Trump in D.C. She's an Obama appointee. She was signed to this Trump election case. She has ties in her professional career to guess who? Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. And she so far has been the toughest punisher of all the judges that have held court over the January 6th defendant cases. She's been brutal. She contributed roughly 4300 bucks to Obama's presidential campaign and victory fund. $4,300. Now, this doesn't sound like a lot, you know? And it's not a lot, but we're supposed to be able to control the massive amounts of campaign contributions that are given from very influential Uh, Companies, law firms, businesses, billionaires, yada, yada, yada. But you you, you and I know, we all know, everybody knows when they want to get a big pile of money to anybody running for especially a high-level national office, they can find ways to do it. So given the mounting evidence the DOJ has been weaponized against the Biden administration's opponents, every one of them, especially Donald Trump, the revelation about this prosecutor, Rody is likely going to raise more Republican eyebrows over what many claim is already a partisan approach to Jack Smith's investigations. 
Back in June, the Examiner reported that Rhodey steered another 1000 bucks to the campaign for Dan Goldman, who was the lead counsel in Trump's first impeachment inquiry. He also gave 500 bucks to the failed presidential campaign for now Vice President Kamala Harris, $2,250 combined to Senator Cory Booker's New Jersey. You know, he was a mayor in New Jersey and then is a U.S. senator from New Jersey. He gave to his campaign for president. They aren't the only ones surrounding Smith who have backed Democrats. Karen Gilbert, one of the lead attorneys also on the special counsel team, is a Biden and Obama donor. Some Republicans have also pointed out that Smith's wife donated to Obama. Carolyn Levitt, spokeswoman for Make America Great Again, a pro-Trump super PAC, she's not surprised that Biden donors are involved with Smith's investigations. Jack Smith and his gang of henchmen, she said, this is Levitt speaking, they're dishonest, partisan hacks, acting as enforcers for Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. It's no surprise that several of his prosecutors are Biden donors. Meanwhile, down in Georgia, Fulton County Sheriff Pat Labatt has vowed that should Trump be indicted in the Peach State, he will force the former president to pose for a mugshot. That's how that's how down in the mud this whole prosecution of Donald Trump has gotten. <laughs> if that ever happens, and I'm not convinced that it will, if it ever happens, <laughs> that mugshot is going to make Donald Trump millions in campaign contributions. Don't think for a second he won't put that up the day that it happens in fundraising. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Labatt, this prosecutor, said, unless somebody tells me differently, we are following our normal practices, and so it doesn't matter your status. We'll have a mugshot ready for you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is so obvious what's going on in all this anti-Trump stuff. It's almost comical. Now, let's launch into a segment that I've really been looking forward to talking to you about. It's what Jack did on Friday. Special Counsel Jack Smith. He asked a judge on Friday to issue a protective order in the case against Trump. In that case, a protective order. Now, what's this all about? Well, Trump... On Friday, he posted the following message to his True Social account. Quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. Now, Jack Smith, he's using that post, and he's before the judge arguing Trump's access to the discovery That's all the documents and testimony that will come in during the ramp up for trial. Defendant has legally got to have access to it all. Smith is saying if Trump has access to all the discovery in that case, he should be restricted. Why? Well, he threatened me. On Friday, Your Honor, look at what he wrote. If you go after me, I'm coming after you. We can't let him see all the evidence. 
Here's the way that order is written, the one that Jack wants to get. Quote, It seeks to prevent improper dissemination or use of discovery materials, including to the public. Such a restriction is particularly important, it said, because the defendant has previously issued public statements on social media regarding witnesses, judges, attorneys, and others associated with legal matters pending against him. And in recent days regarding this case, the defendant has issued multiple posts either specifically or by implication, including the following, which the defendant posted just hours ago. And that's the line that Trump posted on Friday that I told you. Smith said if the defendant were to begin issuing public posts using details or, for example, grand jury transcripts obtained in discovery here, it could have a harmful chilling effect on witness or adversely affect the fair administration of justice in this case. Now, you know what's at stake in how this comes out? And let me just say this. If this judge, the judge that is an in-the-tank Barack Obama, Joe Biden, anti-Trump leftist, if she orders Donald Trump to not discuss any of the details of this publicly, if that happens, all hell will break loose. And immediately, there will be a motion sent to the U.S. Supreme Court on an emergency basis to hear that because, folks, that is, if they try to clamp down and keep Trump from having access to any of that, that is a violation of multiple constitutional rights of every defendant in any kind of trial. Oh, and the other piece of it. (laughs) The First Amendment gives Donald Trump the right to say anything. And if something he says, if it hurts some person or they're offended and they don't like it, there are civil remedies out there that any American can go grab. If he defames you, sue him for it. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And let me just say this. I'm not shocked that this is happening. I'm not shocked at the way this was all put up. I'm not shocked at anything I see and hear. I don't know of a single thing that has been discovered yet and put out there for consideration. They're trying and purposely have been trying anything and everything they can come up with against Donald Trump since before he moved into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Truth doesn't matter at all. And you know what? They have a whole sector of the political left that are all in. They're in the tank for anything and everything that media on the left say, print, put out there. They're going to do and say and block everything that they possibly can because they have one unified, simple cause for all of this. Stop Trump from getting back in office. The American people know that. This judge knows that. You can't just take the First Amendment and shred it and take it out of the Constitution. And there are court cases, Supreme Court cases, where what Jack Smith is crying out for the judge to do, 
The Supreme Court has said over and over and over again, you can't do that. That right's guaranteed to every person in the United States. Every person, not just Americans. If you're here in the United States and law enforcement comes after you, you have the same rights Donald Trump has. But guess what? He has the same rights that you and I have. I get tickled to death. I'm not angry at all. It's almost like, hey, let's go get private seats at the theater this afternoon. I mean, I could sit at home and watch it on Fox News or Newsmax or even CNN, MSNBC, and watch and listen to the talking heads go absolutely crazy. Their heads are spinning and they're spitting green vomit because of all their hatred for Donald Trump. And the media... They don't hate him for any other reason than the left, the political left, are telling them, you've got to go after the orange man. You cannot let the orange man get away with this. He's evil. (laughs) I'll tell you again when I told you on Friday. The day Joe Biden was elected, I paid $1.65 a gallon for gasoline at Sam's warehouse. It's not a service station. You know where they have the pumps out beside their their locations? $1.65 a gallon. Last week at the same place, I paid $3.16 a gallon. That's what resonates with Americans. How's it impacting us? This Biden presidency, folks, every day it seems like we find out more and more bad information about what's been going on and what has been tried to be perpetrated on the American people that for whatever reason has been stopped. And the left news media, they don't even report it. Victor Davis Hanson, He weighed in over the weekend. You know who he is. From Stanford, very conservative guy, but he sees things and he calls balls and strikes as he sees them in the light of how they pertain to the tenets of the United States Constitution. He weighed in on the Biden presidency. Wait a minute, I thought everything was about Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Well, it's not. Joe Biden, as he, not him, because I think he has no cognitive understanding of these things we're talking about today. Whoever's pulling his strings, they understand that as long as they can keep Americans' attention and focus on the orange man, they won't be looking at, listening to, or thinking about the corruption in the Biden administration. I would like to say I told you so, but since a majority of the country apparently voted for Joe Biden and he pretty much announced his program and the F- the Federal Reserve was pretty much on board. And what was the program? That as we were coming off COVID and as all of us were stuck in our houses, apartments, etc., 
And as the government was printing under Trump and then under Biden, $4 trillion, $5 trillion of easy, funny money. And everybody, you know, everybody had a relative or somebody was getting COVID money that didn't need it. And we heard of businesses and then we heard of all the irregularities, if not fraud involved in that. The point being that people were not spending money because there was very little places to go. It was hard to find a car. Cruises were shut down, vacations, flying, nobody wanted to fly, and there was money piling up. And at that point, it would have been wise to gently raise interest rates from, say, a 30-year mortgage, 2.6 to 3, 3.5, and see if you could hold it there. But we didn't do that. So Joe Biden came in and said, you know, that everybody needs to spend more money. So he ran up and two consecutive years of $2 trillion deficits, just at a time when the public was emerging with a limited amount of cash, but cash nevertheless, when interest rates on everything were low, but there was, and this is the catcher, there was a supply chain crisis because factories here and abroad had been shut down. So you had all these easy dollars chasing very, very few commodities. And so as I used to hearken, I used to try to draw people's attention to, you know, $70 for plywood, $138 for 150 feet of Romex copper wire, used cars that were selling for double their worth. And so what happened was that as people began to run out of the easy money during the quarantine and as inflation went up one month to 9%, and now we consider an annualized rate of six a success, but that, remember, is on two years of inflation. So they went up 8%, then 7%. Then, so you're about a third higher on everything. And then Joe Biden raised taxes. So, you know, I'm just speaking as a, a person who's, you know, comfortable, but not wealthy. And all of a sudden, I, I'm at 39.5 income tax level. And then the state of California has gone up to 13.3. And then you have your payroll tax and they've kept upping the limit in which they can tax you. The income that's vulnerable to such taxation, you have Obamacare and you can easily, easily, easily get up to 50% of your income. I do. And you don't, I don't have any deductions. 50% of your income when prices have gone up 30% over the Biden tenure. And we're, we're kept waiting and waiting and waiting for the, I don't know what you would call it, the reckoning. And the reckoning is here now. People can't afford anything anymore. You could see it coming when Joe Biden was talking about shutting down this coal plant and shutting down this gas field and canceling this pipeline and adding this regulation and powering this EPA and subsidizing this green industry and batteries for tank, all of this stuff. It was all had one thing in common. It was expensive. Baker government, higher taxes, more inflation. And that's what we have. And finding people can't, they can't afford it. You know, I don't even get into gasoline, but when D Joe Biden came in, he said it was $5, one of his many lies. That, oh, I came in on $5 gallon. No, it was about two fifty, and it got up to four twenty. But here in California, I can remember it was about two eighty, and now it's five thirty, five forty. So $2 extra a gallon, you know, and you're filling up a 20-gallon tank is $40 extra, and you do it once a week. 
160 a month, it's, you know, 2000 bucks a year. And that means 2000 yeah. bucks you're not spending on other stuff. And that's starting to be felt is what I'm trying to get at. And yeah. you talk about people's standard of living and it doesn't matter what I say. You can criticize me all I want, you want, but I did point out what was wrong with Bidenomics, but it doesn't matter what you say or what I say. It's what people say. And right now, if you ask, as the Associated Press did this week, do you support, favor Joe Biden economic program? What did they say? 65% of America think it's failed. That's not listened to because of, they listened to Victor. That's because they looked at their pocketbook and they looked at inflation and they looked at wage stagnation and they looked at interest rates and they looked at the price of gas and they looked at a ribeye steak or a sirloin steak and they can't believe the price or they go to a restaurant to eat out and they can't believe the price that's what they're mad about they're doubled tripled the only thing that's been cheap is bud light i think it's really going to play into the hands of the republican because they're the only party the only group of people that want to lower taxes and starve the beast but i kind of erred when i suggested that the problem was just inflation and people can't afford anything much less taxes but it's also what that money does when it gets into the hands of government on both ends the top and the bottom so i mentioned people coming in from this country and getting what a free hotel room in new york our free phone at the border that we don't as citizens and it, that gets people angry symbolically somebody's going to listen oh yeah okay, but that's just a minute okay let's go to the pentagon budget so we left the pentagon says seven to ten billion disinterested observers say 20 to 50 and donald trump said the other day 80 billion i think he was using the the training and all the things that went into the use of the weapons but we gave all of those weapons to the Taliban and they're turning up in places like Pakistan and they will turn up in Ukraine as well if they haven't already. But my point is, did anybody resign about that? Did Mark Milley, who is so eloquent about white supremacy, did he have a press conference and he want to say, I want to apologize to the American taxpayer. A lot of people are under the gun. You're not doing very well and you pay your hard earned money and we just abandoned $50 billion. I'm sorry. No. And yes, just today we learned what a Pentagon accounting error says that we gave $3 billion more in equipment to Ukraine than was allotted by Congress. Who pays for that? Well, that's what gets people mad. They, they, they see the government, it just wastes the money. Waste, waste, waste the money. Or they see that and state taxes. They see that all during Zoom, teachers were not in the classroom. And sometimes they weren't even Zooming. They didn't go to work. And all of a sudden, they're threatening, after two years of that, they're threatening to go on strike if they don't get more money. And yet, when you say to the teachers, could you please, if we give you a raise, could you please have some accountability so that a test score goes up 1% for every 1% in your set? No. How dare you do that? You're a racist. How dare you say that? So it's like squeezing, you know, a piece of fruit and there's no more juice left. And the Americans are saying, you know what? I get 50% of my income and now we're going to get 88,000 new IRS agents. And you know, if you really want to raise money, you can talk about, as Joe Biden does, millionaires and billionaires who don't pay their fair share. 
And he says they pay, I think he said they only pay 6% of their income. That was a flat out lie. Most of them pay more. But the point is there's not enough of them to squeeze. So if you really want to get the money, you got to go after the lower middle class and the middle class. You got to go after the electrical contractor. You got to go out of the wait after the waitress. You've got to go after the truck driver and you've got to get all their cash income off the books and say to them, where did you get that? Are you reporting that sale as income? Hmm. Are you paying sales tax? That's what you have to do if you're going to really get more revenue. And people are going to be in a shock for that. What I'm trying to say and articulate is that we're building up. It's like a wave and it hasn't crested yet, but it's starting to have factors that are increasing the wave. And these are non-traditional conservative constituencies. For some, it's their daughters in sports. And all of a sudden there's a guy that's, you know, a male competing again. For some, it's their daughters in the locker room and a guy is staring at them and says he's a girl. For some, it's being hit by an illegal alien while he leaves the scene of the accident. All of these centrifugal forces are starting to build. I saw it happen one time in my life. And that was after the exuberance and the nettiness and the craziness of the 60s. That was an equivalent of the woke revolution. And people think, well, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was. And there were terrorist bombings. There was just complete chaos, everything. And finally, people said, we're either going to have a country or we're not going to have. And what happened? Richard Nixon won in the largest landslide in history. And then... The Watergate thing came and then they went and said, you know what? We've got to go back to Jimmy Carter. We've got to go back. I'll never lie to you. And we had the stagflation and the hyperinflation. And we've got to get over our inordinate fear of communism and all of that stuff. And then people said, you know what? I've had it. And we got Ronald Reagan in 12 years. So I think what's going to happen, I really do believe this, whether it's Trump or DeSantis, There's going to be a collective shrug, like I'm not going to be had again. And I'm speaking especially to you guys who voted for Biden because you didn't like Trump's tweets or you were angry about, you know, horse face Stormy Daniels or you said to yourself, you know, I liked his agenda, but why does he always get, you know, all this stuff? I just can't take it anymore. Good old Joe Biden. At least he's going to be drab. And no, he wasn't. And so. Just remember that we voted in this disaster and we can vote it out, but you've got to come to your senses and realize that these people are hardcore leftists and they don't like you. So what's the legitimate, the only legitimate talking point regarding truth? Everything you just heard from Victor Davis Hanson, it's provable. We've done it. We've talked about it. You've watched and listened and you saw most of it happen for yourself. Bidenomics? There's no such thing other than take a bunch of federal money and spend it. Do you know that the Biden administration, what has been tracked, lost, they call it lost, but it ended up being spent, sent, whatever, wasted $1 trillion, at least $1 trillion of taxpayer money on these giveaways that they have done. And I'm not even talking about the plans for this cancellation of student debt that's still in the cycle. They're still trying to figure out a way to do it. We'll have something a little bit later this hour that illustrates they're still after it. They're still trying to take taxpayer dollars 
and spend it as the government, call it them doing it. But what's it all about? It's campaign money. Joe Biden is way behind in any legitimate poll. You can look at the big ones out there or whatever. But he's way, way behind. Why is that? Because the American people every day are seeing more and more what this administration, what the whole process, they call it progressivism, I call it insanity, that began with Barack Obama and Joe Biden in the White House for eight years. Eight years of it. And conventional wisdom, and as far as I'm concerned, Barack Obama is up to his eyeballs in everything going on. This is the stuff that he himself said when he was asked if he would like to be able to run for president for a third term. He did it online. We played it here for you numerous times. He thought for a moment, then and he said, you know what? I would like it if I was in a position where I had somebody that I could coach and they would do things. I don't know that I want to be back on the front lines of whatever it is. He said it. He bragged about it. Joe Biden can't find his socks in the morning. He can't even pronounce somebody's name. He's nothing more than a placeholder. And the fact that he is a placeholder, the scariest thing about understanding that comes with a question. And the answer to the question, the question, who's he placeholding for? And what will that look like if and when that comes to pass? I promise you, we're looking at some of it right now. It's not good. And it's not going to get better. And if you want to change something, change the things that you can to initiate the changes that you want. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Real Truth, Real News, TNN, the Truth News Network. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. So, Miss Harris, what makes you think you're a good fit with us here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky? Oh, sir, there are so many reasons. I specialized in research and theoretical studies for several years at the Southampton Institute, Mm -hmm. preceded by intensive graduate studies at Syracuse. (laughs) Certainly, my skills are well-suited for a position here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky. Oh, thanks. A job interview and a root canal on the same day. Want to get away? Get the heck out of there with Southwest Airlines. Fly coast to coast for $99 or less by November 3rd. It was nice meeting you, sir. Yes, we'll get back to you soon. Soon. Southwest Airlines, a symbol of freedom. Call 1-800-IFLY-SWA. Telling the truth, the mainstream media doesn't want you to hear. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Again, here's Dan. These next two stories you're going to hear talk about Bidenism. Bidenism. These are the things, the reality, 
the real things that are going on behind the scenes. It has nothing to do with what's best for the nation. A think tank has filed a lawsuit to block Biden administration's plan to cancel $39 billion in student debt. Two think tanks are urging a federal court filed a suit to block the Biden administration's scale-back plan to cancel just now only $39 billion in student loans. They argue that the plan exceeds the administration's authority. Go figure. Joe Biden thinks that all he has to do to get money to do something that he wants to do is just write a check. The lawsuit was filed Friday in Michigan by the New Civil Liberties Alliance, and the suit was filed on behalf of free market think tank Mackinac Center for Public Policy and libertarian think tank the Cato Institute. Both groups accused the administration of overstepping its power when they announced a student loan debt relief for 800,000 borrowers worth $39 billion, $39 billion, a plan the Department of Education rolled out just before or just after the Supreme Court struck down a broader student loan handout plan pushed by President Biden. More Bidenisms. This lawsuit asked for a judge to rule the latest debt forgiveness plan as illegal and to block the U.S. Department of Education from carrying it out until the case is decided and goes through any appeals. The Department of Education claimed in a statement that the suit is a desperate attempt from right-wing special interests to keep hundreds of thousands of borrowers in debt, adding that the department will not back down or give an inch when it comes to defending working families. That's what they say all the time. All the time. That's what they say. If you don't like giveaways, if you want American citizens, think about those kids. They're out there. They wanted a better education, and they couldn't afford it, so they borrowed money, and they borrowed money from private banking institutions and Barack and Joe. They made us take over all responsibility for it because we're the American people and our hearts are hearts of gold and we should be responsible for those kids that decided they just wanted to go to college and then they didn't want to study, they didn't want to work hard and they just dropped out, but they owe this money. We need to fill... I mean, it's that ridiculous. The challenge comes after a bunch of legal complaints Republicans have made to stop the Biden administration's proposals, not just one or two or three, they have a dozen, to reduce or eliminate student debt for millions of borrowers. The president said he's going to pursue another way to cancel student debt after the Supreme Court shut his plan down back in June. Joe's administration is separately pushing a more generous repayment plan that opponents have described as a backdoor attempt to cancel loans. Now, why is this going on? There's only one reason. It has nothing to do with it being righteous. If you're listening to this show, you yourself, or you know somebody, or your children have been part of the student loan debt process. Many of you have already paid off your student loans, or you're at least still paying for them. It's not fun. Nobody likes to pay back debt of any kind. We all would like for any debt that we have to just be canceled. 
there's no way to cancel debt. Somebody's got to pay it. And in this case, of course, who's going to pay it? That $1 trillion that they wasted, we talked about before the break, we the people are paying for that. And it's none of my... I didn't get any student loan. We paid for school with our kids. Thankfully, one of our children got two degrees, full scholarship. When it comes to money, when it comes to government and it comes to money, when government uses money to obligate citizens to the government, that's crossing a line that we can never go back on. If we cross that line, if it becomes normalized, we're in trouble. And that's exactly what Biden is trying to do. But the big reason, it's campaign money. He wants to campaign next year. I got student debt canceled. Those evil Republicans wanted to make all these kids, they're struggling to get ahead. Well, one of the biggest reasons they're struggling to get ahead, Joe, is because of Bidenomics and what you have done. Double the price of gas. Doubled in the grocery store, the cost. Last night, late last night, there was a show on, and it was on Fox News, and The guy that was on the show, I don't remember his name, but the guy that was talking about it, he was complaining because everything he looks at when it comes to money, dollars and cents, and he listens to what the government says about it, it never lines up. Inflation's only 9%. My gosh, like we just said, food costs, gas costs, in many cases, are twice as expensive. So how and where are they coming up with these economic numbers? I'll tell you. Who comes up with the economic numbers? This is not some independent think tank out there. This is a Biden agency. Biden's controlling the narrative. We're being told what they want us to hear about our economy. Everything costs more, significantly more. Nothing that I can find in my life is any less expensive. It's more expensive. And it's more expensive than they will allow. I wonder if there's anybody out there, an economist out there, that has the kahunas to come to the forefront and give us the factual economic numbers for the United States across the board. And I'm not talking about lying about new jobs by the administration. When everybody knows the new jobs he's talked about, Joe Biden, aren't new at all. These are people that are just going back to work. These are not new jobs. For the first time in American history, we have more people that died last year than we had babies born. Do you realize that? All of this works together. It's not something that happened in a vacuum, any of these individual things. It's all a concerted effort. And now they're actually admitting They're glad the population is down in the United States of America. Who would say that? The climate idiots that are out there, the eugenicists that think 
if we continue to grow our population at the rate that we're growing now, we'll destroy all of our natural resources. Think about all these people, more people, that are going to be creating more carbon emissions. That's going to kill us all. Every bit of it is false. It's all about creating, implementing fear, and controlling fear, keeping Americans believing this nonsense and supporting these egregious authoritarian processes that Joe Biden and his ilk want to keep foisting on the American people. Meanwhile, here's something. Democrats are pushing a excise tax on AR-15s. You know, those evil weapons of mass destruction, AR-15s. They want to put a little tax on top of them. You know what they're proposing? A 1,000%, 1,000% excise tax. They introduced a bill on Friday that would place a 1,000% excise tax on every AR-15 and even other firearms they refer to as assault weapons. And they're, by the way, also saying the tax would apply to the determined high-capacity magazines, whatever they say is high-capacity. Democrat Rep. Don Beyer, 24 other Democrats are behind the tax, and they pushed it last year. Of course, it never went anywhere. The imposition of this would force the price of a $500 firearm to jump to $5,000. And a weapon that normally costs $2,000 would force customers to pay more than $20,000. The push for this was put forward just a day after Democrats sent a letter to House Speaker McCarthy urging him to allow votes on gun control. The letter to McCarthy came after the House recessed early without taking up any gun control. The Hill pointed out the letter, and they said, we're disappointed that Republican leadership canceled votes in July with so many pressing issues facing our country. Foremost among those is the gun violence crisis that is a leading cause of death for children in America. Stats aren't true. But you know what? Truth doesn't matter. If you're a Democrat, you got a cause out there, you just go for it. Meanwhile, did you hear what's happening up in the Alaskan Sea? Chinese and Russian ships are in our, not international, but our waters. Our waters. You think they're looking for some type of confrontation? that would end up in them, oh, I don't know, dumping a ship or two up there. That happening while 3,000-plus U.S. sailors, Marines, they reached the Red Sea as part of Biden's Middle East military buildup continues. 3,000 sailors and Marines, Monday this past week, sailed into the Red Sea after transiting the Suez Canal in a pre-announced deployment. The reinforcements were carried aboard the USS Bataan and USS Carter Hall warships, providing greater flexibility and maritime capability to the 5th Fleet. 3,000. Now, what does that mean to potential opponents of the United States of America? Oh, my gosh. 
I don't even need to tell you what it is. It's so very obvious to those leaders over there. Those are war drums you're hearing. And Biden's sending more troops. We don't have the troops. The woke crowd have dropped our readiness beyond ever, ever before seen reductions in the numbers of people that are serving voluntarily in the United States of America's military. They don't care. It's all about politics. All about politics. That's the only thing that matters anymore. Meanwhile, back home, this is becoming kind of troubling to even think about. You know the generations, oh my gosh, the baby boomers, the X's, the Z's, all of those groups of uh, people that are classified and put together as generations. Generation Z, we're told, will be the last generation of Americans that have a white majority. Generation Z is going to be the last generation of Americans with a white majority. The nation's so-called majority minority arrived with Generation Alpha, those born since about 2010, barely two decades from now, about 2045. Non-Hispanic white people will fall below half as a share of the overall U.S. population. These conclusions and the numbers behind them, they seem simple enough. Yet some scholars contend the numbers are wrong, or at least misleading, and that the looming ascent of a majority minor minority America is a myth. America's white majority and its numbered days is a lightning rod topic, given the nation's history of slavery and enduring patterns of discrimination against minorities and immigrants. Obviously, this is coming from a Democrat news source. Demographers and economists celebrate the nation's growing diversity as vital to a prosperous future. Other voices vilify racial change as a threat to the nation's white heritage. Race is the most complicated variable in the census as it's the one that draws people like moths to the flame. Generational data from the 2020 census shows the upward march of racial diversity by age group. Listen to them. Non-Hispanic white people make up 77% of the over-age 75 population, 67% of the age 55 to 64 population, 55% of the 35 to 44, and barely half of the 18 to 24 age group. America's children are only 47% non-Hispanic white, according to an analysis released by William Fry, a senior fellow at the Brookings Institute. So in the next few decades to come, that wave of diversity will wash across generations, yielding an America with no single racial group that can claim a numerical majority. By 2045, according to census projections, non-Hispanic whites will fall below 50% as a share of the total population. By 2050, Non-Hispanic white people will represent less than 40% of the under-18 population. Demographers warn, however, that those milestones vastly oversimplify the story of a diversifying America. For a start, millions no longer embrace a single racial identity. How many? It's hard to tell. 
So this story, I won't even tell you where it came from. But when I read it, I shook my head because the source is normally not a far-left source. You just heard, I read that. It's three paragraphs. I read it to you verbatim. And those of you that heard it, you're listening now. What popped out of the story for you? I thought we are living in a time now where we've been conditioned that race no longer matters. We can't look at anybody and make any decisions about anything about whoever we're looking at based on race. We're not, we're supposed to be colorblind. They're making it a big deal. They're trying to make it about race. They want to preserve the ability to call one segment of our society, our population. They want to demonize that segment. They want to be able to say, you're evil, which is what they say now and have been saying forever about white Americans. If you look at what's happened through generations in South Africa, we're looking at a political class that are trying to make it the same way as it happened in South Africa through generations, but flipping the skin colors. They've been trying to tell us and convince us for 60 years, 70 years, 80 years. White people are not really, really good. They look down their noses at anybody of any other ethnic origin, any other skin color. We've got to put that behind us. They've told us for 60 or 70 years. So why would you even bring it up as a news story unless you're trying to weaponize it against white people? I have no clue what the percentage breakdown is now of Caucasians, Hispanic, African-American, I have no idea, and I really don't care to know. It doesn't matter to me. It does matter to me, however, the fact that we have 5, 10, 15 million people that are today in our nation that came in illegally. Many of them are people of color. Most of them are people of color from different parts of the world, and it's happened on the Biden administration watch, and it's happened for political purposes. We all know that. But see, it's it's okay when those on the left make a determination to do something that's illegal. Why is it okay? It's because they know what's better for the world. They know what's better for America. They know what's better for Americans than you do. And so they're going to act accordingly. Somehow they consider themselves endowed with the unfettered right to do it when our Constitution guaranteed exactly the opposite. That Constitution thing, we don't believe in that anymore, do we? It's all, it was just a document that was put together so these evil white people that founded this nation, the ones that built all of the infrastructure, that invented pretty much everything that makes us what we are or gives us the ability to do the things that we do, the things that have made us the greatest country in world history, capitalism, freedom of religion, free speech, Second Amendment rights, all those things, they were evil when they presented. And they just made it harder for us to get good. But you know what? We pushed through those evil things, those tenets that 
those men and women put together back in the 1600s when they came here and created our government. We've done away with it successfully. And so who we call minorities now are going to run the United States at some point. And you wait and see what we do to those evil white people. Whatever happened to Martin Luther King Jr.'s colorblind, his pursuit so that everybody looks at everybody without looking through eyes that see color. I thought he was the nation's hero for people that were not ethnically the same as those in the majority. Whatever happened to that? It's gone. As the sum of each generation before it, the next generation Corvette stands alone. As the new standard of precision and performance, of engineering and technology, of everything that makes an icon an icon, and a Corvette a Corvette. Hey, Thirst, can I try out a few Coke Summer sound effects on you? Yes! Cool. You okay with this? Yes! And this? Yes! And what about this? Yes! Ha! Gotcha there, Thirst! That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar. Or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion supply, limited time offer. You don't get them girls loose, loose. You don't get the world loose, loose. You don't get money, Mr. Worldwide. But I do, I do. You don't get them girls loose, loose. You don't get the world loose, loose. You don't get money, But I do, I do. I think y'all having a good time out there. Wait a minute. That sounds like something you play on the weekend. It's only Monday, Dan. <laughs> Maybe we can think through and uh, kind of push through all the negativism that's out there and just start partying, or at least looking ahead for the weekend to party. Listen to this. U.S. gas prices, they're going up again. I don't need to tell you that. All of you know it already. It's posing another challenge to an inflation problem. The Fed's has battled over the past year, and the president claimed it's all under control thanks to the much-touted Bidenomics. 
So here are the numbers. National average for a gallon of gas last week, $3.89. $3.89. Highest level since October of 2022. Who was president then? Joe Biden. The pump price shows variation across the country, of course. Some of the steepest jumps in Midwestern states this time, which is unusual. While Washington State and California, prices have reached an average of 5 bucks and 5.07 a gallon. Michigan's average price set a new high on Monday of this past week, hitting $3.70 a gallon for regular, an increase of 9 cents from just a week before. The least expensive gas in Mississippi, the average price 3.33. Gas demand has decreased slightly from 8.94 million to 8.84 million barrels a day. That's according to new data from the Energy Information Administration. Interesting, huh? Surging gas costs to a nine-month high follows a 20% jump in global crude prices this summer. That's come after Saudi Arabia and Russia slashed their supply to the world. The move has revived predictions of a $100 barrel of oil this year. And new worries about the political fallout for the Biden White House. The White House is in full-blown panic mode. Bob McNally, head of Washington-based consultancy Rapidan Energy Group and a former advisor to President George W. Bush. Any sitting president is threatened when pump prices go up because of the impact on consumer confidence and the president's approval rating. The latest pump price increases, those are for diesel, We can't forget about diesel, a crucial input cost for industrial and agriculture sectors. And come as hopes rise that the Fed can engineer a soft landing for the economy after months of interest rate rises to quell inflation. Biden spent recent weeks touting Bidenomics, citing a cooling of inflation and record job creation as he gets ready for his 2024 re-election campaign. Yeah, he's going to he's going to run again. He's going to stay there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. In his mind, nobody, nobody in US history has been more qualified than Joe Biden to run the nation. He's been so successful. At least he's got us believing. Many Americans believe this crap that inflation's gone jobs are up, the economy's good. You can go ahead and believe that. Meanwhile, most of us, we're going to live in reality. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Big week ahead. Tomorrow, Steve Baker, second hour. Lots to talk about with Steve-O. So don't miss it. We'll see you then. Have a great Monday.